0: to try.
1: You ah!
2: For you alone are God. But for us to truly know that in our spirit, we have to be still and truly know that you're God. It's that being still part that's so difficult. God, I pray right now that everyone in here knows how, learns how, trains to be still and know. It's not just being quiet for a second. It's being still. Every part of your body not moving, just being still. And with that is being quiet and knowing. Big difference. Big difference. Being still is almost being paralyzed in your where you'll get to a point where you're trying to say something and you can't even say it. God, speak to us. Speak to us. While we're being still. Father, we do lift up every person on this peninsula, and we know for a fact there can be a whole bunch. We lift up the Baptist church. We lift up the Methodist church. We lift up the Catholic church, the church of Christ, God. We lift them all to you. Because you are God. It's not about a name. The only name it's about is your name. It's not about what we put on a sign or if we hang things or wear things. or It's about knowing your God. There's none like you. So God, today be glorified in our worship, in our teaching, in our actions. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen. Have a seat. We're glad you're here. All right. Man, a lot of folks just stayed in bed this morning. I'm looking out. out, Way to go. The people who said, yeah, I'm going. Yeah, I'm going to church. It doesn't matter if we're going to freeze tonight. I'm going to church today, and I'm glad you're here because a lot of folks decided, well, I'm just going to roll over and pull the covers on because, it's, baby, it's cold outside. (laughs) You know, I got to always do something a little different. So I'm not going to wish you a happy Valentine's Day, because for many of you, there's nothing happy about it. There's just nothing happy about it. If you're happy today on a happy Valentine's Day, Tatiana, you're happy. I mean, here, I mean, why wouldn't you be today? you got, you got it going on today, and I know you're, a lot of people are happy, but a lot of people aren't. I studied this a little bit. Are there more happy people than sad people? No. Isn't that strange? So I'm not saying happy Valentine's because Valentine's Day because it's not so happy. I've talked to a lot of you on the phone. I know what's going on. I want you to truly know that I care. Some of you couldn't even come if you're hearing it today, you couldn't even come today. It's too difficult for you. I'm very sorry that you've lost a spouse very sorry that I'm aware that your heart is broken due to a divorce or whatever it is. You lost someone you love recently I'm so very sorry. I'm very aware of your broken heart due to family separations and all kinds of things. I know that. I'm very aware of your many of your sickness. I'm aware of your grandkids being sick. I'm aware of your kids with drug addictions. So for me to get up and jump around and for all of us to just be happy, well, it's just that some days we just need to be still and know. By the way, this day is kind of a made-up day anyway that promotes card sales, flower sales, candy sales, and all the rest of that commercialism that goes with it. So uh, I do enjoy getting flowers, but, and I did, and so, um, but if your heart's broken, I'm sorry everywhere that you go reminds you of your loss. So today we gave you a little candy when you walked in to maybe put uh, a few pounds on you and also that you would smile and have a, have a little chocolate candy this morning. There's a lot of dollar stores that were robbed to get that because down here at the beach you just have, they just think uh, 20 people may want a little bitty box of candy. So uh, Jimmy and I was like, how many are we going to get? He had a number, I had a number, and uh, we're going to have a little bit left over because of the weather this morning. So take as many as you want, and we'll hand them out with the soup today as we, we take soup out. So anyway, uh, today your heart may be broken, but I'd rather have a broken heart. Than a hardened heart. Amen. I would rather my heart be broken right. due to a circumstance than hardened that I feel nothing at all. Right. So, th- with that, some folks are so, their heart is so diseased yeah. with hate, yeah. racism, yeah. unforgiveness, so much stuff. If I were a doctor right now, I would look at your heart, and for some of you, I would only say, you need a heart transplant. You don't even need a stent. You need a heart transplant. So that's what I'm going to talk to you about. Today in Ezekiel 36, 26, God says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. He can do that. He's God. Some of you think, well, my heart's not hardened. Well, we're going to talk about that. Many heart doctors have a job of removing disease and discolored and, and replace them hearts and replace them with a vibrant new pink heart. For You know, when I got into searching about hearts, man, I saw a lot of heart transplants and and once I go deep, man, I'm just looking at stuff, you know? And uh, whew, some of those hearts, when they take them out, they're just have no color or they're black or they're broken, and then they get this vibrant new heart. A new heart, pink from a new donor. Doctors have to review the patient and to see if they get a new heart or if they don't. Ezekiel mentions of the people of Israel. Someday getting a new heart. And if you read Ezekiel, that means just a foreshadowing of salvation. When they say new heart, that means salvation, like change, repent, turn around. That's what that means in Ezekiel. I think when we get this heart transplant, you'll understand what Paul says. Let me read it to you. It says, Then we'll no longer be infants, because you'll have a new heart. He says, You'll no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, when you get this heart transplant, instead speaking the truth in love, we'll grow and become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head and who is the Christ. From, the whole, from him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up. And he says, let everything do its work. Arms have jobs, legs have jobs, and heart has jobs. But let me read you in Ephesians 4. Now, this is Paul talking in Ephesians. I love how Paul talks. I love how he teaches. I just could I read so much of his stuff. And so here I'm at Ephesians 4, 17 through 34. 30, I'll stop at 32. So here's Paul. He said, so I tell you this. Don't you love it how he sorts out? So I tell you this, and I insist on it in the Lord. Kind but insistent. That you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. Due to their thinking, they're darkened in their understanding and separation from the life of God because of their ignorance that is in them due to, do you have any idea what Paul's talking about? Why do they act like this? Paul clearly says, due to the hardening of their hearts. Read it in Ephesians. He said, because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their heart. So I couldn't say this morning that you're ignorant. That'd be, you wouldn't come back. I wouldn't if I came to this church. But I can use this glossy word of, is your heart hardened? Because that's what Paul said. I'll keep on. He said, because you've lost all sensitivity. They have given themselves over to sensuality as to indulge in every kind of impurity. And they're full of greed. And that, however, is not, is not the way of life you've learned because he spent a lot of time in Ephesus. He preached to them. He taught them. This is just him coming back with the letter and, and he said, that's not what you know. That's not what you've learned. He said, when you've heard about Christ, you were taught in him accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self which is being corrupted by these desires and to be made new in the attitude of minds and put on your new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. He goes on to say, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Don't let the sun go down while you're angry. Don't give the devil a foothold. Anyone who's been stealing can steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their hands. He said, don't let any uh, unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. You heard me. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. But only what's helpful for the building up of others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you're sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind. Can't we just be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you? Thank you, God, for Paul. I love how he talks. I could have sit under his teaching just like, yes, Paul, let's go. Just talk. He just talks like I talk. Only one criteria must be met for us to get a transplant. We have to need it. It matters not if we're rich, poor, respected, or scorned, citizens, social status, race. It doesn't matter because all the hearts are the same. They look the very same. All the blood's the same color. All the hearts look the same. There's no waiting list. We don't have to die to get, get the new one. That's, that we're on that waiting list. So we don't need a donor for that. There's no waiting list. If we need a new heart from God, all we have to do is spend time with Him and ask for it. So what indicates that need as sinners? We all need a new heart. I think sometimes saved people may need a little heart transplant too. Just saying. I think everyone knows that. But you also need a new heart if yours is a little bit hardened. Just a little bit hardened. Do you need a spiritual heart transplant? This is a big deal in the Bible because the word heart is listed 725 times in the NIV. So talking about the heart isn't some kind of strange thing. This is talking about what, the, what God has filled the word with. Is examine your hearts. Read Ezekiel 36. God's spirit will circumcise unbelieving hearts and give them the heart that loves God, one that desires to obey him and has the power to obey him. There's a clearly a description in the new covenant which is promised in Jeremiah. We need a heart because we inherited a sinful heart from Adam, something we don't talk about very much in church. We inherited a bad heart. From the get-go, why do I know that? Romans 5, 12. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all have sinned. Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things. Moses gave us an answer. He was addressing Israel and making it pretty clear about Jehovah God. He said, we'll circumcise your heart with the heart of your descendants. To love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, in order that you may live. Listen close. I can preach hard. I can show you situations like last Sunday was just, what? I mean, my gosh. I can pour into you. People can pour into you. I can get your new Bible, I can stand you up, I can clean you up, I can dress you up. I can give you money, I can give you a place to live, I can warm you up with a fire or heat or whatever. But if your heart's wrong, what this does is it only enables you to sin with greater weight of responsibility resting on you. You just kind of know that you're sinning, but you keep on sinning is what I'm saying. That's called guilt. We don't operate in guilt. We operate in transformation. We operate in change. And we operate in creating a new self, getting a new heart, create, recreating, being transformed, and to be like Him. So how do we get this new heart? I'm not a doctor, but the first thing I would think you would need is a blood test to see if you need this new heart. But let me tell you, that blood has already been shed in the kingdom of God. That that blood's already out there for you. You just have to walk in it. All of that price has already been paid. Jesus already did that for us. We just have to to take that next step that's up to us. Psalms 26.2, test me, Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and my mind. Examine my heart. And my mind every Sunday for two months or more, I have preached somehow wiggled this verse in because it's all about examining yourself and your heart and your mind, not me doing it for you, you doing it for yourself. I think we ought to know when we realize our heart had been become hardened. How does a heart get so hardened? Hardened. I tried to make a list, but the list would have taken up the whole sermon. It says maybe not forgiving someone. Years of hurt. Either from you, given the hurt, or people hurting you. Years of hurt. A huge loss. A huge loss sometimes can harden your heart. Where you're numb to any emotion anymore that you may feel. And before long, your heart turns hardened. How about you know good to be good, but you still choose evil? You see the light, but you'd prefer a little darkness mixed up in there. Maybe you're just too ashamed. You've done too much. Too much to repent. How about the addictions that you have? Can't quit them. For some reason, it affects your heart. You turn from the truth because your heart is alienated from God. Your faith has turned to fear. Your heart isn't beeping properly, beating properly because you have no prayer life, and you don't even know where your Bible is, much less pick it up and read it. So your blood's not pumping. Maybe you judge people. Why don't they work? Why do we have to give them money? Why don't they do this? Get a job. Maybe you're too political. Maybe you're too racist. You've crossed over to kind of a hardened state. I don't know. But I do know this. If you don't clean it up, what happens? Your heart will become hardened. God, please, let us examine ourselves, please. I'm telling you, church, you need to examine your heart. You need to examine your heart. You need to be still and know. You need to go all the way back, all the way back, to as far back as you can remember. They hurt me, and I forgive them, God. I was just little. I remember that a little bit, but God, God, I can't believe I did that to them. What was I thinking? What was I on? God, examine me. It takes a while. It takes a while. Someone sent me a list where you can do that. Go into, it was excellent. Just go through every detail, looking at every part of you, every single part of you. Please do not let your heart get so hardened that you lose your connection with who God is. I'm telling you, because when it stops, there may not be paddles to get it back working. But I have good news for you today. We're not going to end with this deadbeat sound. The moment you, rele- you realize you receive a new heart transplant and you spend time in God, with God in repentance, in conversation, in prayer, the moment that new heart is placed in position, Things start happening. The moment you're on that table, you're examining yourself, and they place God will place that new heart in you and get all the vows connected. Something miraculous starts to happen. It's all new. Everything's new. He's created all new in you. The blessings with no sorrow begins to flow through it. And you actually recognize. That it must be God doing that because no other person or thing or anybody can do it. You start recognizing, you notice the reason that God is doing this, not because you're so great. Dang, no, it's because He's so great, He's so good, and He's the one giving you a second chance. Don't let your heart be hard. Heart be hearted. Don't sit there thinking, "No, I'm good. I'm I'm good." Because every one of us needs to examine our hearts and see where we are. What's your motive? Check every motive. Man, when you get this new heart, I'm telling you, you're disgusted with sin. This new heart will make you disgusted with sin. You shall never forget that once slaves of sin and sold under sin, children of the wicked one with no hope beyond hell. So some of you can never forgive yourself. You can't forgive yourself. Maybe you can forgive other people pretty good. I'm talking maybe to me, so maybe this doesn't affect you. Close your ears. But have you ever done something when you're examining yourself with the Lord that you just can't believe you did it? You can't believe you would say that or do that? Not now. Think all the way back. Did you just run over people to make things happen? Did you did you just not take a chance to say, God, I'm sorry, or can I help you? Or or what? Or God forgive me. When you get this new heart, all that comes forward. With a new heart, you see Jesus with a clear understanding of who he is, how he thinks with this new heart. Will you be instantly perfect? No. But let me tell you, he is. He's perfect you begin to see Him in all His splendor because you feel Him in victory and triumph over this sin. How do you know all this is for real? It's a radical change in the heart. True repentance will have taken place in the very core of your, of your being. I have preached this for months. For months. It's not like I don't have a billion sermons going on in my head that I have to pull back on this one thing. We're going to preach it to every. Every stone is uncovered. We're going to preach it. Can you imagine if everyone in here actually examined their heart and spent time with God? Can you imagine what kind of congregation we would have in here? Can you imagine if you come in here with a brand new heart transplant where you're just sitting on the road going, Yes? Can you imagine how you would act and how you would be? His holiness should produce a desire in our hearts to be holy. You make choices that you could never make before because sin was making you sick and the very thought of what you used to do in your old sick heart will only be used for your testimony and nothing more. Satan can never use that again on you. The only time you bring it up is... yeah. Only time you bring it up is when you're telling someone your story. That's That's the only time because Satan can't bring it up. You've been forgiven for all that. God chose to save for himself a holy people. He wants a holy people, not just on Sunday for 45 minutes. He wants your time, he wants your heart, he wants you to be quiet. And be still in his presence. And he'll reveal such beautiful things. I'm telling you. He did this out of grace and mercy. We have been redeemed by the shed blood of the lamb of the God of God. That is the blood runs through us. And it's cleansed. And it's changed. And it's powerful. When your heart starts beating with this new blood and strength and and power of, of Jesus. Everything will change. You'll become a new creation. Let that sink in for a minute. I mean a new creation. Think about it. Anything you've ever done is gone. Anything you ever think about is gone. You can't think of a single thing that you've not talked to God about. That is a new creation. That is being born again. Born again. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you. Second Corinthians five fourteen through seventeen refers to a new creation. I'm telling you. For Christ's love compels us because we're convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for those who live should and he died for all. That those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and will raise again. So from now on, we regard no one from the worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in a way, we don't do it anymore. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. Can you not do that? Wouldn't today be a perfect day? It's cold. Where are you going to go? It's Valentine's Day. You're already thinking about hearts and stuff, maybe. You have time. You're at home. Tell your family, you know what? Hold it right there. I got to clean up a few more things that God revealed in me. If you live alone, just find your place and say, God, I don't know how to do this. I've never done this before. But I am still and I am quiet and just reveal to me what's not cleaned up. Let me go all the way back. A word spoken, reveal to me what's not cleaned up. God, I want a new heart, a beating heart, and a live heart. I want to be a new creation in you. Matthew six twenty one. for where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. That could be a good thing are a bad thing. Deuteronomy 6 5, love the Lord with all your, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Psalms 15 2, the one who walks is blameless, who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from their heart, from their heart. Psalms 28, 7, the Lord is my strength. And my shield, my heart trust in him, and he helps me. Can you say these words? Can you even say these? That your heart would leap for joy? And with song, I will praise him. Do you have you? Do you have this kind of heart? Or do you need to spend some time and have a little transplant going on? I know there's people here that are hurt. That have hurt. Why can't you just be still? And let Holy Spirit just reveal things. It takes a while. But boy, to walk out with a brand new heart. So today, some of us may need a heart transplant. Jeremiah 17, 10, I, the Lord, search the heart. This is the Lord speaking, okay? this in case speaking. I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct and according to what deeds they deserve. So it's not me. I'm just the mouthpiece. It's the Lord who searches, who examines. I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind. Because when I do that, then I know how to pour out the blessings and the rewards and the good stuff that you deserve. But not until then. Not until then. Can you imagine this abundant life you could live? right here at Crystal Beach Community Church with this new heart and new transplanted heart. Can you imagine how it would be for your family, for your friends, for your people that you know to walk out in this? God, we thank you. God, we thank you. We thank you for your words. We thank you that we're judged on our heart. You say that. You tell us to examine our hearts. God, we want your heartbeat. We want that perfect rhythm with you. Not yours and ours and it all gets tangled up in one big mess. God, I think that when we have your heartbeat, we can feel it. We can feel it. But when we get ahead or lag behind, it throws off the rhythm. Just throws off the rhythm. Put the paddles to us, Lord. And I pray for this church just just to spend time with ourselves. It's so easy to spend time with other people. Because then we, ha- we don't have to look at ourselves. That we spend time with ourselves. Examining everything that comes up. Everything. What do we need delivered from? Tom, do you have your phone? Would, would you happen to have just a few things on that list? I know I'm catching you way off guard here. Just name a few. Things that you don't normally think about. If you don't, we can mention that next week. Hold up, we're going to end with a song. So just a second. Stay in prayer right now. As a couple of these things are said, they may sting. Tom has been a good teacher to many of us that spent a lot of time examining our heart. Just a few, just go down. Just whatever you're led. You don't have to lead everyone. Close your eyes. This can't be done right now. This comes from much time. But just look at these things. Go ahead, Tom. Just what are some of them?
0: Bitterness. Hate. Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness hurt, resentment, revenge, jealousy, fear, self-will, disobedience, death of dreams, suicide, self-deception, delusion, denial. Lies in the mind, rebellion, we get false prophets, spirits, anger, rage, manipulation, possessiveness, anorexia, insomnia, workaholic. Hyperactivity, gambling, sex, gluttony, drugs, confusion, forgetfulness, shame, guilt, witchcraft, Ouija boards, divination, horoscopes, fortune telling, voodoo abandonment spiders animals fear of germs fear of the dark
2: you can that's fine. That's good. The, um, so many but we
0: have authority over all of this
2: amen amen that's the kind of teacher God puts here for me So whatever is your first superficial thing that you think about examining yourself, you're going to have to go deeper. And when you think, oh, that's pretty deep, I want you to go deeper. Then I want you to go a little bit deeper. Can you imagine spending time with God with a list so like this and letting Him reveal things? Oh God, God, forgive us. Forgive us, Lord. Let's play that for me. Thank you. Thank you, God. All is stripped. Can you stand up? And I you begin to worship. Yes, God. Longing
1: just to. Something that's a worth that will bless your heart.
2: Open up your heart. God give me a transplant. I'll, bring you more than a song I'll lay on the table for a song transplant. in is not what you
1: have required. Jesus. You search much deep.
2: Bit, opening up and though i weekend weak, can God examining everything in
1: there. Yours, every single. Brand. Yes, God.
2: Addiction? No, a all right. We'll always be just how we are.
1: to my heart.
2: Thank you, God.
1: I'll bring you more than son I'll bring you
2: more. Thank you, God. Father, we thank you. God, I can't wait to go over every list that we could find, every thought, everything with a magnifying glass, to where finally when I get through with that, I can say, okay, God, your turn. It's kind of like when I was little, cleaning my room and shoving everything under the bed, and then I thought it was clean, and mom would say, what's this? Well, what, what about your closet what about this you shoved under here what about these dirty clothes stuck in the drawer god i want to examine myself to where i'm ready to say okay god search me examine me because you'll find nothing nothing but you in jesus name amen Amen.